from the Los Angeles Convention Center. Site of Radio Row. It's the Around the NFL podcast. I'm Dan Hansis. I'm on a set filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, Ricky Hollywood, now deep into her 30s. Am I right? Sean Payton's walking by with the whole crew. A walk and talk. A walk and talk with Payton, free agent coach. And you know what? Perfect timing for the other man on the couch, Ian Rappaport, who just came by. We're going to get into the whole This Is The Game preview show. So get excited. We're going to dig deep. We're also going to have Derrick Henry on the show. That's going to be awesome. Uh, but Ian Rappaport, the great rap sheet, buddy. What's going on? Is that the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Let's start there. Like literally uh, next year. Sean Payton? Yeah. Uh, I hadn't heard. Are those rumors out there? <laughs> I don't, it feels to me, I, I don't know, but it feels to me a little too, like, on the nose. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. A lot of times when those those things, it's like everyone assumed for so long that Aaron Rodgers was going to get traded to the Broncos that it almost feels to me like it's not going to happen <laughs> because everyone is just assumed. You know, like, that. everyone has named him the coach of the Cowboys. I'm sure Rosenthal sent out a snarky tweet about it. Right definitely. after his I mean, retirement. Definitely. It's like it's like Ian just assumed he could come on to our podcast. We were just about to start. He walks up and he's like, oh, where, where's my invite? Yeah, he was correct. Essentially just um, right. walked on to the set, forced was... his way on, and has been texting for the last five minutes ever since. That's on brand. He's, a le- he's, he's like the only guy in. that's allowed to do that. So you got to take advantage of it. It is weird, though, because like I am generally not that polite. I think that's fair to say. And... <laughs> It's almost like I have license to be not polite. Right. Because I'll be in a conversation and I'll be like, oh, hold on. I got a text. And it could be literally my right. wife. And people are like, oh, do your thing, man. Do your thing. It's fine. <laughs> like if, Pe- if Pelissero tried to pull the same move that you just did, he would not be on the podcast right now. Wow. You know, That's you fair, pulled though. that off. And I've, and I've said this before. Like, I knew Ian before he was rap sheet. And Ian was always like this. There's a, there's a bit yeah. of a, a demeanor. So you've always kept it real. It's not like uh, fame and incredible wealth from being an NFL insider has changed you. This is who you are as you a were man. Built I respect this. that. Yeah, I was built for this. I've been kind of like rude slash dismissive really since, I could, <laughs> since I've been young. Cecil, you said you had a follow-up well, no, question. I mean, we've Look had, at Mac Jones. We've had Ian right on a number there. of times. Calm down, Erica. Be a professional. Look at him. He's so tall. You're, you're 30 now. Oh, I get it. He actually doesn't look that imposing. Like, we had Justin really Herbert not. on the show, and he looked like an actual god amongst men. I actually got to go say hello to him. Wait, no, yeah. you can go, Ian, whenever you, you feel comfortable. <laughs> but, like, yeah, no one's ever been like, oh, Mac Jones, physical specimen. Like, it's uh, crazy to be yeah. in the room with that guy. You what know, I mean, the best, the, yeah. the best Mac Jones picture was him right. with oh, his shirt yeah. off, yeah. smoking, I think, a cigar, right? Yeah. Something. Isn't it? And Patriots fans are like, well, remember Tom Brady's combine photo, so, you know, goat number two. Strong parallel. Up. It's not going to happen again. That's just what it is. Hey, what is the follow-up? Oh, well, no, for I, I mean, I always check in with this situation. You're, a, you're an um, internationally known newsbreaker. I think you're, you're one of the most recognizable wealthy. football faces on the planet. Where are we with, like, the, the groupie, the female groupie scenario? I mean, uh. is it, I always like just <laughs> right. to see where we are. Um, I, I, I don't get a lot of DMs from females. Um, the same with these boys. You should see our live shows. It's a sausage factory. <laughs> no, that actually, that's on brand. Um, not a lot, but some. Right. I, I've had. Not a lot, but Mark's response to them, the, like the rate is very high. It's like. Well, 100%, the, yeah, I would say. It's, yeah, it's, one, literally 100%. Um, I will sometimes go through my, uh, you know, the, there's the three, there's the categories. There's like the categories of the people I know. Then there's the categories of people I kind of know. Then there's the randos. Sometimes I will go through the randos just to see. And, uh. Really nothing. Is there ever, a, like, you get maybe one of every once in a while, 
Oh, Ian, Adam Schefter couldn't even carry your cell phone charger. You got anything like that? I get some of that, yeah. I like it and then move on. Currying favor with you. Yep. Wow, your guys' DMs are a lot different than mine. What are yours like? Mine are bad. Mine are like... Oh, boy. Bad meaning good like bad oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right you know what I mean? but like like bad or like, like ooh. Well, you, you've shown us some yeah there are, some there of are... them are pretty pretty crazy some right. of them are like just like you're hot some of them are like See, you're ugly stop doing shows <laughs> i would say with you certain not... people go from zero to 60 very quickly with their, yeah with their dms so. yeah i feel like everyone should be subjected at some point to what women in the media have to deal with oh yeah, yeah. they would all lose their damn minds it's yeah. so true just like do nothing and get random insults for no reason. It's just the bonkers. Yeah, I've been told I'm like too fat for an audio podcast. What the? F- <laughs> You're that a beautiful seems, woman. Yeah, that seems, seems me- really, mean. really forceful. You're beautiful. No, Greg just did the peace signs. He's like, yeah, that was me. Hey, <laughs> someone Ian. said it. Someone waved as they were going by. There's a lot going on here. Ian, I know you're yes. a busy man, and we have a lot to get to. But I want to ask you this: You have been the insider, and you got to answer this honestly. This is going to be a hard hitting question. Okay. You've been doing this now for years. What, 2013 or so at NFL yeah, yeah. as the insider? That is a job that ages you. And what well, the hair dye obviously has kept it from showing. But why do people think that I dye my? But hair? But I'm just saying, at what point do you walk away from the insider role and find something else? Because I happened. imagine that the stress level, despite being a high visibility gig, it has to be immense to the point where maybe I want to put down my phone at some point. Maybe I want to hold my son who I've never met before. Maybe there's these things. Like, does this go through your mind now that you've done this so long? I try to hold my son. He's eight, and he doesn't like it very much. I, if I get, a, like, one hug a week, then it's, it's very lucky. Yeah. As long as I don't mess up his do hair. Do they think it's cool what you do? Right, he takes after the old man. Not really. uh, yeah, his hair is amazing. No, uh, do they think it's cool? No. Uh, we, my wife ended up talking to my oldest son, Max's teacher, yesterday. And she was like, oh, yeah, Ian's at the Super Bowl. And the teacher was like, oh, that's cool. Like, is this his first one? And she's like, oh, no, well, he's, you know, on TV. And she's like, oh, really? Max had never mentioned it one time. <laughs> and he's been in school for five Kids months. are awesome like that. Like, n- it never came up. In co- like, it says a lot, though, that you think that's surprising, like that you would have assumed I mean, you would have been talking about He has told job. all of his friends oh, know, you know the names of our two cats. But like, it- it goes like you, you you'll hear Tom Hanks say the same thing. Like my kids do not care. It just it filters <laughs> all the way down. They yeah, care. They if, never care. They care if they are on TV. Like right. when I'm doing like the McAfee show or something, I forget to lock the door and they wander in. They're like, "How many people are watching?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's a good it's a good name to bring up because I think when you think like two of the most you know premier American everyman, you think Tom Hanks and then Rap Sheet. Yeah, like those guys. I think that's probably right true. Together. Yeah. All right. Ian, anything else? You want to share anything with our huge, <laughs> well, vast maybe audience? Maybe break some news here. You know. Yeah, you have any news? Something um, to nug? The only thing I had I put out this morning, you know, but it's like the dregs of the assistant coach world, you know, like Don Ouch. Capers. And- well, you've saved a real gem for us. Thank you. Don yeah. Capers has, uh, has been do you hired. Got, so. Do you have anything planned, though, for Sunday? You try to save some bomb drops some for stuff. Super Bowl Sunday? I don't know if it'll be a bomb drop. It's tough Super Bowl week. We'll get some stuff. Okay. Did you ever get? Did you ever come up with it? like they have the Woj bombs in the NBA? Do we have a do we have nah. a term? I kind of don't like that. You know? Okay. I don't. I think I mean, you too. Rap sheet is your version of the Woj, yeah. Woj bombs. You've got a brand. Well, mm-hmm. Ian, you've said it all. <laughs> Are you looking forward to the halftime show? Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Famously, I'm, Ian I'm, likes rap. The only yeah, he's, he's a, the only thing I'm really looking forward to. I don't get stressed. I get stressed a little bit about work, but. Not a ton by now. 
I am nervous I'm not going to get any good pregame selfies. Uh, I have a really good streak going. Me and Gaga, I get a great selfie. Wow. Usher, great one. Steph Curry, great one. If I don't get, like, Snoop <laughs> or something, I'm going to be, like, really bummed. Did yeah, any of them know who high. you were? Um, Gaga did. For Gaga's sure. like, Gaga. Chef, I could not hold your cell phone charger. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steph Curry knew who I was. Okay, that's cool. Usher, that's I think. Diddy did. I met, had a good one with Diddy. Oh, was wearing good. a fur coat because he was trying to buy the Panthers. And they realized he didn't have enough money. Oh, I remember, remember that. that like story, little storyline that was yes. kind of not really a thing. That did not happen, though. No. All right, pick the game before we say goodbye. Uh, Bengals win with the Joe Burrow drive at the end. Uh, Ricky Hollywood was on the red car- carpet at the honors. Wow, uh, look at you. Yesterday, right. and uh, couldn't even get uh, Mac Jones, Patriots quarterback, to pick a winner of the game. Yeah, he my wouldn't. least favorite trope in any sports I was, interview. I was just talking to Kevin Clark who had Ringer, Herbert yep. on, and he said, they asked Herbert who's going to win, and he said, the city of California. <laughs> oh, no. I'm glad we didn't ask. We had Herbert, too. It was a much better interview with us. Uh, but he that, said the city crazy. of California? Yeah. Oh, we got to scrub that from the public record. We got to. It's a long week. All right, Ian, best of luck to you, buddy. Good seeing you. Thanks for letting me come on, guys. Goodbye. All right, there he goes, the great rap sheet, a Thank busy you. man, always in demand. And now... We turn our attention. Let's give him a round of applause. Ian Rappaport. There he goes. All right. Great show today. We're going to get to the breakdown. Bengals, Rams, Super Bowl 56. Mark, what are you, you've been with the NFL for well over a decade now. What's your level of excitement going into the, the big game? Because I have to say, one of the reasons why I love my job is that I still love I love the season. I love the, the the story of it all. And the story ends on Sunday night. I think this is the most um, that I've been looking forward to the actual game in years and years. And it's because of the Bengals and because of everything that we've been through with that journey. I think it's just one of the more intriguing uh, NFL plot lines slash narratives slash team ways to get here of any club I've, I can think back to. I mean, so I, my excitement level is high. I don't need to be um, – when I leave downtown L.A. today, I will not be returning to downtown L.A. for roughly seven and a half years. Wow. Downtown L.A., great restaurants, Koreatown, taking like a big fire here. I, I think like <laughs> your players say, it's like, it's like once the love of the game is gone, that's when I'll know it's time to, mm-hmm. to walk away. I think if you actually – Or Giselle says you're not allowed to play right, football Right, that's anymore. another one. It – I for a week. Sundays, <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday to me is never is never remotely disappointing. The exciting, the excitement of being at the stadium, building up, and the goosebumps you get, and then once the game starts, that's always amazing. The week leading up to it, that's where our jaded side shows somewhat, and you're always fine skipping ahead to the game if you could, or if they just let us fly in on Saturdays. I personally would do that, but everyone is different. I've liked the home Super Bowl. I like sleeping in my. Uh, at home and seeing my kids and stuff. It's made the week Notice go by. Notice you say I didn't sleep, not sleep in my bed because Emika's had him on the couch for two years now. <laughs> sure. You get home too late. It's like, no, you're staying out there. Stay I, together for the kids. I, I like, I don't know. Like, I, I, it's gone by faster at home, which I like. It has. I, we don't need to dwell on this because yeah. it is minutiae ultimately. But I do, I love the whole vibe of Super Bowl week. It's a little different when, like, Daddy has to go coach the Gators on Wednesday in the first baseball practice. Like, it's a little it's a little tricky to thread the needle, but we have. Ricky, happy birthday once again. Thank you. You you look 
wonderful. You're glowing for someone the morning after their 30th birthday celebration. I know. I feel like I've let my personal sort of reputation slash brand down. So I got many texts. Justin next to me, Aaron over there was like, hey, are you okay? How are you feeling? I'm like, like everyone's calling the local morgue. Everyone's like, oh, Erica definitely did not make it through the night or she's going to be looking like a hot mess this morning. Like, I feel really great. I kept it to just wine last night. Had a great dinner. My little baby brother's in town. Uh, me, Jet, and him, and my friend Sarah, just the four of us, went to dinner. And because, you know, I we had a big show today. And uh, you go. You, you look sharp. Um, I sense a, a higher level of maturity um, emanating from you. Thank you. Yeah, I feel just. Different. You had a Princess Leia style dress on the red carpet, which yes. um, I found Leia alluring. Style. Oh, the, the white. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Princess, Le- when she's fighting the Jabba monster with no, the no, lightsaber. No, no, no. The white, I know that the, outfit. No, the original. But that wasn't white. white. The white. The white. Get over here, Jabba monster. It's me versus you. I am Leia. <laughs> like that scene. Does she no, sound like that's, that? That's not on. That's not accurate. She was yeah. like a brown outfit. No, no, no. But this was white. With I, I a don't cape. know how to move Dan off this because we we discussed it prior and he cannot. He right, you no, guys have no. been talking about my Princess Leia outfit like since yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. The the honors is amazing. We saw Connie was wearing a wild outfit. Oh, yeah. Everyone was really uh, dressed to the tees. Did you guys I, go? I was at the NFL Experience with my two sons, my wife, my buddy Bob. Do they love it? They had a great time again. Usually on a Thursday night, I'd be getting loose somewhere at a Super Bowl city. Maybe I'd be out to dinner with you, but I what have do you responsibilities. Mean maybe? <laughs> Certainly. It, yeah, it was very strange. Certainly. I was at work because uh, we taped our show there, and then I had a couple things after that. Leaving, and everyone from work, like, putting up makeup in the like at their desk, and everyone that you are normally working with wearing, like, beautiful gowns and suits. And as I'm walking to the, my parking lot, I, I park my car in the parking lot, like, Zeke Elliott is being dropped off, looking all nice and everything. Was he wearing I, a belly shirt It was very strange again? that that was our workplace. But, no, I went to yeah. – I got out of there. I got well, we went – yes. I like how Greg – he describes it as my parking lot. <laughs> Just <laughs> – NFL Network. That's what it feels like. It's, I know, but our, there's there's roughly like seven thousand other was, people that have access to that that the area. The new but. office, which is across the street from SoFi Stadium, was certainly bustling. At one point, I went, I went into the like the dressing room area, and there's Baldy, like looking literally like a Hercules character, changing. You have Nate Burleson around the corner is Kyle Brandt, like. That's the shirt didn't come off around these gentlemen. <laughs> these, these were this, this was like a go change in shame in the local lavatory. I'd be happy scenario. to I'd be happy to go uh, topless in the in that in I that room. Would, I'm very proud of what I'm presenting. We all know. Okay, just lathering yourself up. I don't know about that. Bronzing I mean, that's, that I mean, seems it, like a next step. Like that would be your number two option. Number one would be wearing the Princess Leia outfit. Right. You know that would be like your biggest dream. What was it like wearing a cape? By all the way? About we really got to get going, but I've always yeah. wondered what's what's it like. It to was wear a very, cape. Um, it was very empowering. Yeah, it felt pretty cool. I really liked it. I wasn't sure if I could pull it off. It was a little bit. I, I needed a couple of confidence boosts. I was in the hair and makeup chair, and the girls were really gassing me up, being like, Good. "You look bomb AF. You got to wear this." Oh, you pulled it off. Now yeah. NFL honors. That was you were on that red carpet, and we're going to get to all the award winners and the games and our sandwich props, our game picks. Uh, guest galore. It's a, it's a big show. Um, they did do a in memoriam section yes. of the show, and it was very nice and also still surreal uh, that Chris Wessling, um, our man who should be sitting next to Mark right now, uh, a, a beautiful photo of him from the Super Bowl in Minnesota. I still remember that photo when it was taken, and also our great friend Tara Deeker, who we also lost to cancer this year. So to see them as part of that. Uh, goosebumps moment and still yeah. yeah still very strange it really is it was a surprise I was just, I always think of like what would Chris think in these 
scenarios because it was like all these players that he knew better than mm-hmm. all of us. It was, you know, these guys from the yep. 60s and 70s. It was like Marty Schottenheimer and, certain, and all these different players. And I was thinking like, and then up comes Chris and Tara. It was, it was uncanny. And when things like that happen, you just realize it's just it's bigger than just our friend that we lost our friend that he's had this sort of impact. I, I ran into someone on the way into radio row today. He's from Iceland. He's, his name is, uh, I don't even know how to say this name, but Erker Askerson. He, he works for, I got you. for a television station. <laughs> he works for a, te- a television station in Iceland. He said he's here because of Chris. That he's a, a diehard fan of the show, a diehard fan of Chris. He's a fan of the Bengals. Normally, Iceland would not be sending any coverage to the Super Whoa. Bowl. And when Bengals made it, he, he's he been following us. He, he was a little emotional, too. And just saying that, like, I just felt like he'd the call. Like, if ever I should be at a Super Bowl, I need to be at this Super Bowl. So he started emailing the people that oh, he knew within the NFL <laughs> offices. He started pushing all the people at his Icelandic TV station and he said he is here today because of because of oh. Chris. How cool is that? I love it. That's amazing. And we get questions all the time like how do you get into sports? How do you get into football? And like I think if anyone that looks at the journey that Wes took from beginning to end, um there's no one way and his way was as unique as anyone I've ever met. Absolutely. We got to we celebrated Chris this past weekend. We were at Hanano's, the famous burger joint there in Venice, where we spent many days and had many pitchers and great greasy burgers on that griddle. <laughs> Sometimes if you use a griddle enough, it, the griddle itself, I wish you could taste this, Mark. I know you're not a meat guy, but the, the flavor of oh, those patties, um, it's just special. But that was that was where we had so many great moments with Wes. Also, Deeker, who is such a great woman, and, and we miss her a lot, too. That was the last time. Uh, we ever saw Deeker was at uh, Colleen's uh, dad summit post uh, the boat trip. We went to Hanano's last spring, and that ended up being the last time we saw Deeker. So that was, it's been an emotional roller coaster, obviously, as we've talked about on the show, and it was just nice to see both of those special people remembered in such a public way. I would add that I've had the grilled cheese there, and I'm sure it's not cooked on a pure um, griddle. <laughs> That's basically a cheeseburger. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I've been there to some degree. All right. Let's uh, speaking of honors, that is the uh, platform. That's the delivery advi- uh, device, I should say, uh, for the awards now. And they moved it from Saturday where it's always been as long as we've been doing the show to Thursday, which helps us because I've always been a little frustrated as the host of the show that they give out all the awards on Saturday, the night before the Super Bowl. We're talking Super Bowl Sunday. Now we're taking a few days off, and somehow these awards fall through the cracks on the show. Not this year, and hopefully not uh, any longer. So let's go through it. Not a lot of surprises, Greggy, but let's. I'm going to tick through it. Aaron Rodgers won easily MVP. Um, I believe he got 39 votes. Yeah, uh, Tom Brady got 10, which got actually 10. was more. I thank you to those 10 people. I think that was the right vote. That, Cooper, that was more than I expected. And Cooper Cup got the other vote. Cooper Cup was not shut out, though. He got Offensive Player of the Year. Not a surprise. And the rest, there's no real surprise to be found here. We have T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. Jamar Chase took Offensive Rookie of the Year. Of course, Mika Parsons. Micah? Mika? I'm still Micah. With that. Micah Parsons took Defensive Rookie of the Year. There you go. Hey, Grave Digger. Hey, Gravedigger, you've been laying low ever since that Titans playoff loss. Let's be honest. He's on the couch right now. We didn't set up a microphone for him. But the digger comes. Here he comes. This is the first time he's on mic since 
you know, the middle of the playoffs, uh, your boy Mike Vrabel, I thought they did a good job at this because Vrabel uh, took that team to another division. I know it's a soft division, but, you know, they won 11 games and had so many injuries that they dealt with. Uh, and he just got a contract extension, so that's well that's well earned, right, for the Titans? I think he was the uh, the obvious candidate to win. Erica made a nice bet with Willie McGinnis as we were walking over to the uh, the red carpet that he wouldn't win, <laughs> and then got to talk to Vrabel about her bet on the red carpet. Oh, that's so that cool. Yeah. Where can we hear all that stuff? Um, I don't know actually. It's it, something. Some of it will be on Greg's show, Game Day View. They're they're airing oh, nice. um, something there, and it'll it'll be all over. But yeah, I bet Willie McGinnis my West Hollywood house for his Long Beach mansion Ooh. that Vrabel. But you would, don't own the house in West Hollywood, right? And but he Willie certainly owns that. the mansion, right? So he sh- but he's getting my rental now, right. so he has to acquire that monthly. Where where are you going to be relocating to? Turn yeah, Willie into a slumlord. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and how are you, uh, Justin? That, that that was a bitter playoff loss to the Bengals. Uh, did that one, that must have hit you hard right in the belly. It, it was a disappointing game. When your team gets nine sacks and loses, it's just oh, like, how's that even possible? Jeffrey Simmons was a god. And all those performances will just be lost to like the ether. No one's ever going to talk about Jeffrey Simmons getting three sacks in a playoff game. Like Who cares? They lost. It doesn't matter. Are the Titans properly um, respected at this point mm. by the football people out there cognoscente i i think like the thing is like they weren't that bad because they played a pretty good game outside of the quarterback like uh, three i don't know though when i rewatched that and then i re- i didn't think it was as much on Tannehill a- as i did the first time around they they probably should have won that game good. but you but, tell that to derrick henry in 40 minutes right but they didn't <laughs> i i think giving you know i i, I won't say this to derrick henry because i'm afraid of him uh, but giving the ball be. to Derrick Henry over and over and over and over and over again uh, and not having any success, that was a pretty big part of the game, especially when the backup running back had three runs that looked better than any of those runs. You're putting Tannehill in a bad situation. Right. There was a lot I mean, of problems. There was uh, a lot of problems. I, we don't need to relitigate no. this game, but <laughs> he threw three picks. One was on the first throw of the game that set up the initial points. The second one was when they were going in for a touchdown that would have changed the game, and the third was that basically sealed their fate. That's pretty he was Rough. He was late. It was rough. It was a terrible but offensive performance. By is everything lo- – oh, go ahead. I want you to share that point. I go just ahead. want to say that if you're going to lose to a team, the Bengals were the team. I'm gl- I'm like, as a fan, I'm glad to have lost to that team because I feel like there's something really special about the Bengals, and this just feels right, like – That's very noble of you. Now, strict parameters were laid out privately or publicly, I believe, by Gravedigger about his personal life and what we can and cannot talk about. So I won't ask about, you know, the thing. I saw her last night at Honors. Ooh, that's, that's some evidence. That's tangible. That's... You brought her as a date. I did. Do I have to redact that? No. <laughs> She's moving into her own apartment uh, yeah, tomorrow. Is. So, that's well, this is this Justin's is, uh, apartment of the future. <laughs> this is rapidly moving forward here. Well, we're not allowed to talk about it, but it seems like not everything is bad for Gravedigger. Not everything. All right. There he goes. Play him out, Ricky. That'll help a playoff loss. Mm. Bet she was all dressed up too, wasn't she? She looked Ricky? nice. She looked real nice. Real good. Real good. It's a good job by Gravedigger. <laughs> hey, listen, there's some hurdles, there's some barbed wire, but you just you throw an old coat over the barbed wire and you get over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway. What uh, is this show about today? Okay. Uh, Coach of the year, Mike Vrabel. Comeback player of the year, Joe Burrow beats Dak. Some people a little bit surprised, but everybody calmed down. Dak was 
okay this year. To uh, that good. was clear. That, would, that was the one chance for injustice happening, and I'm glad it did That's didn't. good. And then the Walter, Mayton, uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award went to Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle that of His the speech, by the way, I thought was one of the best moments of the night where he talked about Derek Barnes from the Lions, ran up to him after they played Detroit, and was like, he threw Andrew Whitworth, Whitworth off after the game. He's like, I just want to know that you let you know that when I was a kid at the Boys and Girls Club, you used to sit down and talk to me and tell me that anything was possible and I'm here because of you. And like Whitworth is one of the best dudes in the league. And uh, I thought he nailed that speech. Yeah. Very cool. Old, oldest tackle in NFL history, still one of the best players in the league at his position. That, that was an, an awesome moment. And you do realize like how much these awards do mean to the guys. Like you, you think it's a team game and it's all about wins and losses. No, like you could tell how much it meant to Mike Rabel. You can definitely tell how much it means to Aaron Rodgers to win a fourth MVP. I, I think that was a, a goal for him. He on even this. washed his hair. That's how important the, the show is for him. <laughs> right. You the, definitely are getting the vibe from his post-game, the post-speech um, press conference, too, that he's going to be back in Green Bay. At least that's the vibe I, I got. Anybody and, think it's funny that there's a post-speech press conference? Right. But it's good that <laughs> – We've been to some of those. It's, it's yeah. good it's been available. And I think T.J. Watt was rightly rewarded for this three-year run. I, I don't know if this was even his best year, but he's kind of been outshined because he's – Going up, going up against Aaron Donald every year, who's at the peak of an all-time greatest player ever career. Chris was so mad in 2019 that T.J. Watt did not win. He thought that T.J. Watt should have. I remember me and him going back and forth. I thought it was Donald. And this three-year run is is about as great as a pass rusher as, as anyone's had. So he, he's a And right Donald is a total stud, but right. this wasn't one of those Donald years. Right. I think he had 12 and a half sacks. Um, uh, his usual assortment of knockdowns of the quarterback, but it wasn't one of those otherworldly Donald years, at least statistically. Um, and it should be just historical context before we start digging into the game for Rodgers. He's won the MVP now 2011, 2014, 2020, 2021. He's gone back-to-back, and I know the bloom is off the Rodgers rose because of some of the asinine comments he made during the year and all the appearances, and then, of course, another one-and-done playoff, ouster. But at the same time, I don't know how you can get furious that he won MVP. He was awesome again this oh, year. No. You know, He was great, and it, and it is a regular season award, ultimately. I think the three guys that got the votes were all legitimate options, Brady, Cup, and Rodgers. I would have voted Brady, but you can't. No, mine is Brady, but I, I'm with you that Rodgers deserve, is right. deserving. And they also announced the Hall of Fame, just quickly, guys happy for Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Bryant Young, Cliff Branch. They put an official in the Hall of Fame, Art McNally. I didn't know that was coming, and then Dick Vermeil. Seymour was literally the best player on a Patriots team. I that we won put three Joe Klecko in the Hall of Fame before we put in a referee. <laughs> and all due respect to that Zebra. But how about we get Joe Klecko, the only defender to ever be all pro at three different positions? All right. There we so. go. My high school locker room outside where the football coach resided. Joe Klecko. Had a Joe Klecko letter. <laughs> Joe Klecko had written a typewritten, um, I think it was actually like one of those tapped out things, like a transmission for some reason from <laughs> Joe Klecko. Yeah, it, was all, it, was, it seemed <laughs> almost <laughs> military-like, <laughs> but I used to look at it all the time. Joe Klecko was a dominating force. Don't forget Andrew Beck's Salute to Service Award. I don't even know what, what's going on there, but nice job by him. Oh, I'm sure it's certainly worthy of – I know you're trying to make light of it, but – I'm not – I'm looking at the winners. We didn't okay. mention that Andrew Beck won the Salute to Service. Mention, you didn't mention the fan of the year or, like, the ground-and-pound FedEx player. So it's 
you know, there well, are some, some awards that cut. get a little less. The military matters to me, Greg, and that's why I mentioned it. You can certainly find uh, other areas in uh, NFL media breakdowns of the FedEx Ground and Air Player of the Year. We steer clear. If you must. Right. Unless they pay us. If FedEx wants to cut a check, we will play that up harder than the MVP. That will be the only thing we talk about. Very <laughs> deserving breakaway episode. And Jonathan Taylor. What a winner. All right. Let us um, get into the overall discussion of the big game. It is the Bengals. It is the Rams. It is a matchup of two number four seeds. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Has it? Of all the data. No. Gravedigger shaking his head. No. Uh, so... This has been an unlikely journey, obviously more so with Cincinnati. And I think one thing that's been lost uh, here, Greggy, is the Bengals are an incredible story. I think they are going to be, in fact, we know it to be true. They are, I think, the team that most people want to win this game. Uh, but the Rams, are, it's a great story in Los Angeles, too. The, the Matthew Stafford angle, um, this, the rise of Cooper Cup, a guy like Andrew Whitworth getting another crack, a guy that played forever in Cincinnati, by the way. Um, Odell Beckham, uh, Sean McVay getting a chance to, um, you know, exercise some demons after he kind of had a letdown game in his first Super Bowl appearance. Like, these are major figures of the modern NFL on the L.A. side of things, so it's just a great setup for a game. Right. I think it, it in terms of your rooting interest, it's like you could either root for the, the fan base and the story and the magic of sports and underdogs, and, and that the Bengals have all that. Or, or you can, you're a fan of the sport and you root for greatness. And the Rams have three first ballot Hall of Famers on their defense alone. Name them. <laughs> I mean, Von Miller is a Super Bowl MVP. One. Aaron Donald is Two. maybe the greatest player of all time. And Jalen Ramsey, I think, is going to get there. I mean, he has to keep, keep knocking those out. But there's only three <laughs> cornerbacks in the history of the game that have made first-team All-Pro <laughs> three times in their first six years. And he is, good. he's one of those three. So, so he's on his way. And, and a coach that took us by storm when he came into the league and I think even though I pick on his game management sometime doesn't get enough credit for all the stuff you don't see behind the scenes in terms of building that organization coaching up coaches coaching up players actually being a teacher like they are one of the defining teams of the last five years so yeah you don't have to root for the owner or the fan base. But in terms of just like greatness and the players and certainly throw OBJ and Cooper Cup into that mix too, like there there is a lot to love. And their their approach to how they built this roster. I mean, the Rams do things differently and I think that they were a team that entered this season with as much pressure on them and around them and on Sean McVay and Les Snead as any team in the league. And because then put more on themselves in the middle of the season with those moves. Absolutely. I mean, but they, they gelled, they've worked out, and I think it's like instructive that there are a lot of different ways to um, construct a roster, and theirs was about as Wild West gunslinging as you could find, and here they are. I, I think that's well put. I think the if you are somebody who has been following our league for years – and watches NFL films, properties like All or Nothing. The All or Nothing season on the Rams, um, when Jeff Fisher was fired and he was wave, holding a little white dog and waving goodbye to the team bus. A very bizarre. It was the first, first the ever like emo NFL films <laughs> season. It was just kind of sad. And that and that <laughs> and that was a dreadful Rams team. And the last episode of that particular series was the introduction of Sean McVay, and he's going. You know, being introduced 
um, it, around the team complex, and he, you know, he seemed very sharp in that in that brief ca- cameo. And then he turned out to be everything they could have ever wanted, and he has built that program with Les Snead there as well. Their team building has been unorthodox but effective. And then, yeah, it's just like what we saw from Sean Payton in New Orleans, how you could change that culture just by having a really smart, dedicated football dude on the sideline and behind the scenes. And I think McVay is such a powerful figure. And yet, Mark, the Rams are not the biggest story here. One of his disciples... Uh, Zach Taylor is the head coach of the Bengals. And uh, on some level, if you have to like talk about how this game is going to play out, you could see this as, in 48 hours, a coronation of Joe Burrow as one of the biggest stars in America. Yeah, because Joe Burrow is magic. He's magical. There's something about him that you look at the way these two teams sit right now, and kind of everything logically points to the Rams. They have the better roster. I mean, the Bengals don't even... I would say the Bengals have, like, the fourth-best roster in the AFC, fifth or something. It's like the, the, it's not what stands out about them. And they've gotten here in a, in a wonderfully um, story-driven way, and they do have that angle to them. But Joe Burrow, kind of everything that you would say against the Bengals, Joe Burrow kind of wipes it all away because you just believe in what he, what's capable. And Joe Burrow's not had the greatest games to get here it hasn't been they've been more of a field goal offense in many ways they've not completed drives i mean we've talked as much about their field goal kicker i think zach taylor is under they're a fair four for they're four for 11 in the red zone in the postseason yeah i mean it's just it hasn't been the explosive version of this offense that they unfurled against a number of teams like the ravens and the steelers in the regular season mm-hmm. i really want to see what happens on early downs in this game because i think that they've really pressed Zach Taylor with you know running the ball on first down, and I don't think you can be a Bengals team in this game against the Rams where you're into obvious third and long passing situations. This is a team that probably is going to have to go for it on fourth down in some situations where others would not. Um, pedal, foot on the pedal, hyper aggressive, and that's on Zach Taylor, who you know Sean McVay is under I think more pressure in this game. We don't really know that much about Zach Taylor still at this point. He's going to have to show us that he can basically put this offense into hyperdrive i i really wonder i think that's the question of the game of how aggressive they'll be because it's funny they come from the same coaching tree and yet neither of these teams look like the 2018 rams at all like how much are the bengals gonna go out of empty because that's what joe burrow does best and that's where he's most comfortable against the titans they did it the whole game and he got sacked nine times against the chiefs they barely did it at all it was hyper conservative six seven man offensive lines that didn't work that well either. Now you're going against the best pass rush that you've faced. I, I think the Rams are even better than, than the Titans, that they're good throughout. And there, there's, like, no right answer. But when you think of, like, the outside zone of what Todd Gurley was doing in 2018 and, and C.J. Anderson, and then you think of the play action and, and Zach Taylor's on that step. It's like, that's not here for either one of these teams. It's very different, and I, I think – Ultimately, the Bengals, to your point, Mark, are going to have to kind of just put the ball into Burrow's hands because I don't think they're going to be able to run that well against the Rams anyways. The Rams just shut down 
the 49ers in that outside zone. So they've seen a much better version of it. They just shut down the Buccaneers in their running game. Like, Von, as good as Von Miller and Leonard Floyd are rushing the passer, they're better stopping the run. I think it's going to have to be uh, creative, but it's also going to have to be very pass-first, and that's like a high-risk-reward scenario, and I think that's where they're at. But in there lies the rub, Mr. <laughs> Rosenthal, because you could say, well, Bengals have this potential generational quarterback he's like the new name just let him throw it 40 times and carry it a victory and I know that's not what you're saying it's not that simple but it's almost like the big mismatch in this game and how the game gets wrecked potentially for everyone that wants a Cincinnati fairy tale is that they're not going to be able to protect Burrow and if you it would take an otherworldly performance by an offensive line that is not very good it is especially um, vulnerable in the middle and you and you just wonder if as much as they want to say let Joe Cook here they're going to know, like, we need to mix things up. We can't have these – we can't have Von Miller and Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald pinning back their ears knowing that this team is just going to be a pass-happy offense for four quarters. I wonder if that has to be a more balanced game plan, and maybe that's why it was against the Chiefs because they don't trust their offensive line to pass protect. Right, and they were – I don't even say they were balanced against the Chiefs. They were conservative. They were set – sometimes eight men on – eight guys on the offensive line. They were so afraid of And there's of a the, reason, yeah. They, right. they don't think they could protect Burrow in a right. big spot. But I, I think you can throw the ball quickly, and that's it. I mean, he also only got sacked one time against the Chiefs. I think both of these defensive coordinators are going to play as conservative as humanly possible. They're going to back up, and they're going to give up five-yard throws to Samaj P. Ryan and Mixon and slants over the middle, assuming Uzama can play in this game, to Uzama and Tyler Boyd. And it's a lot of Joe Burrow just getting rid of the ball. Maybe that's not really that fun. And at some point, he's going to hold the ball and make the first guy or two miss. But I think it's a lot of short passing, and that, that's the way that they can do this. Yeah, I think, like, to Greg, to your point, like, this Rams front versus the line, because it's like we typically spend um, two days preparing and talking about 16 games. But it's like all this, this has been two weeks talking about one. And the Bengals' offensive line seems to be the huge X factor. There's just no way around it. I mean, I know the Titans game happened and they escaped that, the nine-sack scenario. But in the five other games where teams compiled five or more sacks against the Bengals, they were one and four. And it did change what Burrow was able to do and, and when, how quickly he has to get rid of the ball. And like Hakeem Adeniji and Isaiah Prince on the right side. I mean, you could just stack Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Greg Gaines, on that side. And, Aishan and it, Robinson. Right. Vance I mean, Joseph just, is licking his chops right I, now. I know it's like it's we're, completely we're, different. We're all supposed to like love Zach Taylor, and he's done a good job. But if you wanted to criticize Zach Taylor, the number one thing is they haven't fixed the offensive line. It's not really any better than a year ago. And a lot of it, it I think, it is game planning and coaching that they haven't come up with ways like that the same sort of communication problems. When you watch the coaches film and stuff, a lot of it is just guys don't know what to do, that they're not cohesive. Two guys are blocking one while another guy's just coming in free. And we talk about, and we've talked about the nine sacks in the divisional round, and he was only sack Burrow one time in the AFC title game. But that doesn't mean like he was sitting back there all day. He, the reason, one of the main reasons they pulled off that incredible comeback was his escapability, that he was able to dodge pressure, pick up huge first downs with his legs. Now, here's, here's one thing. The Chiefs weren't known as a pass rushing team. No, like a one-man one danger. The, is he going to be able to scramble as effectively and escape when you have Aaron Donald prominently involved and Von Miller, who's playing at a uh, prime level? He's cranked back the clock, and Leonard Floyd, who hasn't done uh, as much in the playoffs but still is a presence who's had two weeks off to get his body right. 
I mean, that is, it's, that's the game to me. Like, how does Burrow handle that? Now, these teams don't, neither team is going to be blitzing a lot, as we understand, if you look at, like, their traits and the fact that Stafford Stafford and Burrow both light up the blitz. So this is going to be like, does the natural pass rush of the Rams wreak havoc on the game? It's the only way, Greg, I think the Rams, this turns into, everyone is, everyone's predicting you know, a game that's anywhere between a one and four point finish in terms mm. of margin. The only way this thing goes sideways if Cincinnati has a wretched game and Burrow starts throwing it up for grabs and bad things happen. Right. It's testing Joe Burrow's superpower to the nth degree. His superpower is his pocket movement. It was the first game of his career, and it is now. It's him not worrying about that first pass rusher moving subtly and making it happen. I, I sort of disagree. I either think. The Bengals are going to win this game in a comeback, and it'll be close. Or the Rams win convincingly. I, I sort of, tr- I kind of trust. Well, that that's the, what I just said. Right. That's yeah. what I, I mean in terms of like predicting the game right. being one to four. It wouldn't surprise me. The, those feel like the two outcomes. I, I like the Bengals in a spot where they keep it close enough, and it ends up coming down to the end. And you and you do have some mismatches. You have Jamar Chase can beat Jalen Ramsey on a go ball. Like if if Jalen Ramsey has a weakness. That's it. Like, T. Higgins against Darius Williams, that's a huge size mismatch. Like, this secondary for the Rams has, has been good, but I think you can still go after their safeties. In it. Like, it could happen. Or, or what you're saying is true, and it's they're just overwhelming, and it looks like last year's Super Bowl, except that's what I was the Bengals are playing the role of the Chiefs. Because when we were sit, well, we weren't on Radio Row last year because there was a, um, like, a disease that ruined Don't the world it. almost. Don't um, but, uh, that was as much as we were talking about how injuries were a thing for the Chiefs on their line, and their line was a question mark. Nobody could have predicted what would happen when the when the stakes were at their highest. The Bucks just took over that game in the trenches and turned it into just they just abused Patrick Mahomes. That can happen here, and I think the I think with the Rams, that's where I see obviously the mismatch. You have it there, and uh, if they can win that battle, things are very different now. On the offensive side of the ball for the Rams, they're, they're a very interesting team. I think they are they, they rank 25th in the league uh, in the regular season from a rushing perspective. That has not gotten better in the playoffs. In fact, Cam Akers came back from the Achilles, and it's a great story, but he's averaging 2.7 yards per carry. He had two wretched fumbles that almost ruined their season in the divisional playoffs. Um, maybe Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle uh, give them something in the Super Bowl, but a lot is going to be on Stafford's shoulders here, and there's nothing, Mark, that we've seen in the last three weeks of football to tell us that he won't answer the bell. But he's also thrown some balls up for grabs. Uh, Jaquise Tart, how are you doing, buddy? Literally, how are you, pal, if you're listening? Um, so oh, there will be opportunities for Cincinnati, uh, even if Stafford continues to play at this level. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals have only lost two games all year wasn't by mean. seven it's or more like points. We keep on, like, I was on yeah. Sky Sports this morning, and they had uh, the Tart replay. And I'm just like, saying, Tart's like, Tart's like driving down the I-5 today to go get a coffee. The hair, you know, it's sunny out. The you know, climate change is made at 80 degrees in the Bay Area. And uh, then he's listened to his favorite podcast, and suddenly Dan just drops a hammer on him, and it's very uh, painful. He has never listened to this show oh, no, he's a huge in his fan. life. The climate he's... change, a little, you know, dig in there, too. Interesting, getting political. <laughs> Mark, I know you threw your arms up. Listen, it's a conversational show sometimes. What things happen? I did. Yes, you did. I, I apologize. I want. I thought I wanted to extend the tart conversation a little bit more 
I throw it Be back my to guest. You. I mean, I, I'm at the point now where, like, if this has felt like a 400-day week. I want to be taken out of here by ambulance. Um, we're good. Uh, yeah, I think that the Stafford, mistake, Stafford <laughs> mistakes are a key because, I mean, when they've melted down, and it's been a while because he's been rather pristine in the playoffs, and I, I kind of believe that this Rams team that, you know, you added pieces, you added OBJ, they've gone through some ups and downs in terms of gelling, but now they're here. And the only thing that concerns me about the Rams is, you know, Sean McVay talked about the two-week period before that Patriots Super Bowl that he started to get into a mode of overthinking that they got way too tight preparing for that game, mm. in that game itself. And what concerns me is that if they had one of these scenarios where Stafford makes early mistakes and the Bengals are loose and feeling themselves, do you get the tight version of the Rams, which we've seen a couple times. And they've I, been blown out in, the, in those scenarios They absolutely season. have. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I, you know, the Bengals, what I was going to mention was they've only lost two games by seven or more points. So they're not a team that um, I think will get blown out. I just don't see that in this situation. Right. right. I mean, other than the game they didn't play their starters – as much as we see it's a talent mismatch in theory, the Bengals just beat the Chiefs twice in the biggest two games of the year in a row, and they beat the Titans. Like, I don't care how I they— I Greg's voice hits that up I'm just, octave. I'm just saying, like, this is a bit different Bengals team. <laughs> I'm just team. saying. Uh... In their biggest games of the year, here's what they did. They put a 40-burger on the Ravens. They beat the Chiefs to win the division, and then they just rolled through the AFC. I know they haven't won these games like— incredibly convincingly but they beat the one seed they beat the Chiefs two times it's like at, I at this point whatever it is that they're doing it's working and I think it, it, it defensively it can start on the outside of their pass rush Hendrickson and Hubbard against Whitworth and Havenstein and that actually is the strength on strength it's the strength of the Rams offensive line certainly uh, but Whitworth was coming back from an injury. He's now gotten a couple weeks to rest, and I think that's a plus. He was not the same in the NFC Championship. He had a rough game of it, and, and he was playing against a great opponent in terms 40. of Nick, Nick Bosa. He's 40. But this, if, if Hubbard and Hendrickson can have a game, and they don't come off the field, so I think the extra week is good for them too. They, they just stay on the field. They're going to play every single down, and it's going to be up to those two guys. If they can get some pressure on Stafford, because you're right, Dan, to your point about Stafford versus the Blitz. Stafford's good right now versus any everything, but he's especially good versus the Blitz. They're going to need those. He is guys. the highest grade against the Blitz of anyone in the next gen stats era. So I don't think that's you know that's not a deficiency on any level. It's the opposite. I want to uh, dig in a little bit deeper on the matchups here um, and talk about the number two. Number two wide receiver on both teams, the number two cornerbacks on both teams. Because I think, obviously, and I think it's going to be so exciting to see it, Cooper Cup having an all-time season. He's over 2,000 yards now, uh, regular season and playoffs. I think he's closing on like 2,400 yards or something insane like that. And then on the other side, Jamar Chase. And those guys are going to eat. We know they are. Uh, But what does T. Higgins do, Uh, especially if he is – Lined up against Darius Williams, uh, who is a guy who has surrendered a passer rating near 100 and mm. has not had an interception all season. Then you look on the other side of the field, and there's Odell Beckham. And Odell Beckham is coming off his best game as a Ram. And guess what? Odell Beckham could see a lot of coverage against Eli Apple, who is the very def- definition of a journeyman uh, cornerback. These are mismatches. Now, Jalen Ramsey is an interesting guy in this, all this, too. He's the best defensive player uh, in either secondary. And who does Jalen Ramsey cover? He could end up covering both the top two receivers for the Bengals. But either way, one of those guys is going to have a matchup advantage. And if the QBs on each side have a chance to tear up those mismatches, that could change the game as well. 
it, it's been interesting to see how they've used Ramsey in the playoffs. It's been totally different than the rest of the time he's been with the Rams. Like he's been an outside corner again. He's been what he was in Jacksonville. The whole idea with Ramsey in L.A. was like, we're going to play him in the slot, and that way he impacts the running game, and he's in the mix, and, and everyone was getting all worried, worked up about that. That hasn't been the case in the playoffs. He traveled with Mike Evans, but he was also on the outside against the Bucks and the Cardinals. It's kind of been a sea change. I think it's Raheem Morris, who's had a great playoff run, by the way. He hasn't gotten a lot of pop for it. Like, that NFC Championship, he was great. I think it's it's like, hey, let's just use Ramsey for the thing he's best at. And to me, that's just following Jamar Chase around. It's not being in the middle and trying to stop seven-yard catches by Tyler Boyd. I, I think I think you'll see that sort of matchup, and you'll see Stafford lean on what I think he's done so well here, which is make the whole read go through his progressions, get to his second and third guy, get to OBJ. It's weird because Stafford, I felt, was like overrated compared to his numbers throughout the course of the regular season. And in the playoffs, he's been almost underrated. He's been the best quarterback in the playoffs um, along with Josh Allen. Like, I I guess he's not like at that that, that insane level, but his three-game stretch is easily better than any three-game stretch that he had during the course of the regular season. I think an X factor is Joe Mixon in the receiving game because if you've got this scenario with Jalen Ramsey, I mean, first of all, pressure on Burrow, the the result of that could take away the chance for deep shots. It might be more, we've seen a lot of yards after the catch from Bengals receivers, number one. But Mixon has, you know, the run game has not been dominant on any level, but he has been very effective catching the ball, and I think you can match him up against some of these Rams linebackers and make some hay there. Mm. Um. I want to talk also about the Cincinnati strategy here on defense because they were able to save their season. I think Lou Anarumo, a guy who started uh, this season, well, back in the summer, you know, we had some fun with Lou. We had some fun with the Bengals in a lot of ways, um, just as they were kind of a no-name staff. And Zach Taylor, when is he going to show something? Well, all these guys have showed something. Their ability to transition and find a way to slow down Kansas City is to me like the the craziest thing that happened in these playoffs. I still can't believe it happened, uh, even a couple weeks later. And will they will they try to replicate that formula against Stafford, which is a lot of three man rushes? You drop a ton of guys into coverage and you try to close up the lanes for Stafford because again, Stafford, even in this great playoff run, he's going to throw the ball up every once in a while. There is there's a scenario I could see where he could struggle with that type of defense. Well, look line. how they got here because they had that big interception against Derek Carr in the wild card game. Obviously, they unspooled the Titans with the three interceptions. I thought that the stop against the Chiefs right before halftime caused psychological damage to that offense and put Patrick Mahomes into a strange place. I mean, we keep talking about Joe Burrow. They've won three playoff games by 13 points. And it's been the turnover. So you almost it's have defense. it's been the defense. You almost have to project a Bengals win, including a Matthew Stafford interception or fumble recovery right. or something. They they play so hard on defense. I think that's they play a pretty simplified defense where they're not gonna try to confuse you and it, and you get guys who are cohesive, who communicate. That play at the end of the first half you mentioned, Mark. The, the, when I rewatched that, I realized, like, actually, that wasn't a bad read by Mahomes at all. Ty- Tyreek Hill had leverage when he threw the ball. Eli Apple just made a play. And it's Tyreek Hill, so you're... Right. Yeah. E- Eli Apple made a play. Jesse Bates made a play on that interception in overtime. Their defense has been stepping up. And I think, to what I mentioned sort of when we started this talk, that Zach Taylor, knowing Sean McVay, 
and just watching how the Rams do that, he's going to just beg the Rams to run. And I don't know, and that, and that plays to the Bengals' weakness. They're a bad run defense, and they're a good pass defense. And yet, I think they are going to do some of that, which light boxes and all that stuff, and just say, if you want to beat us trying to you know, run six yards at a time, you probably could do it, and that's what we'll ask you to do. And I think Sean McVay will be very tempted because that's sort of what he is. Uh, and I think the Bengals want to just get that, keep that game close, and I, and I think that's like the way they, they can win. All right, so there you go. There's a, a deep dive on the game. We've got so much more to get to here. Uh, but why don't we take a little break uh, from chopping up Super Bowl 56 to welcome in a big-time guest. Let's do it, Ricky. All right, joining us now. I said we had big guests, and we got a superstar in our midst. He is the running back for the Tennessee Titans, Derek Henry. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Thank y'all for having me. How y'all doing? Good. Good, Good, thank you. Derek Henry joins us today, reminding you to try new Old Spice Gentleman's Blend deodorants and body washes crafted to be gentle on skin with ridiculously long-lasting freshness. You could buy Old Spice Gentleman's Blend in stores now. Did you get all that? Really things coming from out of your mouth. I'm an Old Spice man, going back to my father. Derek Henry, (laughs) how are you, sir? We know we... uh, Coming off a season that was um, another division title, you had the unfortunate foot injury, you made it back for the playoffs, uh, didn't go the way you wanted, and now that team is in the Super Bowl. You going to watch the game? Yeah, I'll watch the game. Is, <laughs> yeah. it, is, it, is, it, is there more of a frustration when you see the team that took you out in January playing? or is it you kind Not of really the on? frustration with the team, but yeah. you know, frustration with how we played in, in yourself. I mean, they're just a better team. You can't be frustrated with them. You watch yeah. it from home, or you go you go into the game. I watch it from home. I ain't going to the game. Okay. When you're watching a game with like just regular <clears throat> citizens, and you see and know so much more about what you're observing, is that how is that? Do you? It's hard not to un, unleash tons of knowledge on people about what you're watching. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you, you, you might have to because they get outrageous sometimes, but. Most of the time, you just sit there and laugh, and you're so in tune with the game, you just just, just watch the game. But if you hear something outrageous, it's like, what? Well, I was going to say, because then there's the other thing. Like, sometimes you have to educate people who might not know what they're talking about. Yep. But then they'll be like, oh, there's Derrick Henry. I'm going to try to sound like I know what I'm talking about, and then they right. don't. You, you just keep that to yourself. You're like, actually, bro, check yourself. That was a zone. <laughs> you're not even plugged in on the game at all. Yeah, just give him a pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel guilty at all just for outshining us so much with your sneakers? I just, It's hard for me to not just stare at these – Louis Vuitton sneakers. I've never seen anything quite. Hey, Greg like them. Greg fancies himself a shoe no, guy too. No, not really. So, not yeah. not. He's a shoe guy too. No, not not at all compared to that. His nickname is Sneakerhead. Sneakerhead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what is that? You got like the crazy closet with seven thousand pairs of shoes? Do you? Do yeah, I do. Oh, I, I like do. That. I love shoes. I got a lot of shoes. Is this like a week where you're going around? I don't know if you're going to any. Wait, I had more shoes questions. No, that's where I'm okay, going. Nightlife and everything, and. You're seeing a lot of other players around where it's a little bit of you're checking out what the other guys have. You're trying to outshine them. Uh, well, not really outshine them because I feel like I'm the drippiest. So Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see what, they, what they're coming with, you know, if I need to step up my game a little bit. But, but yeah, I'm always checking out fashion. I love fashion. I love shoes, and I got a lot of them. What about Joe Burrow? Because usually quarterbacks, you know, a lot of them are a little buttoned up, and they, and they don't like – 
like you said, drippy. They don't like to do the swag thing. And yet he, he's all about it. Now, Tannehill, your quarterback, maybe he, maybe I'm missing it. He doesn't seem to go down that same path. Is there is there a drippiness to Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Tannehill be dripping sometimes. He come in the locker room. I'll be like, okay, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> How important is that? Like, is the guys really uh, – is everyone really plugged in in terms of, like, trying to one-up each other? Like, how big a part of that is that within the NFL sphere? Um, uh, it's, it's funny because, you know, some guys, you know, they really, you know, like, like to look good and, um, you know, pull up to the game fresh. And some guys are like, man, put some sweats on. Let's go play football. But you, you, you usually know the guys who, who you're bringing each and every week, and uh, you, look, you look forward to seeing what they, what they have on. When you So Mike Vrabel wins – coach of the year mm-hmm. very deserving he was definitely someone that we thought was did an incredible job with that roster that went through so much yeah, yeah. do you do you like do you have text threads with him and are you texting him or do you do you feel pressure to call him up on the phone when he does that or do you do you guys a little more radio silence in the off season oh no i texted him last night and um total congratulations i was actually sitting in front of him um during the show i texted him last night and um total congrats um he definitely deserved it like you said with everything that went on this year and what, what what he was able to do um, with him and, and the coaching staff and with everything how and how they played and um, you know it was definitely cool and you know, to see him get that award. Is he funny behind the scenes or is he a very serious man? <laughs> Coach, Coach Braber can be funny, but he can be serious as well. But he's he, he's funny too. I wouldn't want to make him mad. He feels like he he would be funny, but when he'd be funny, he might be kind of cutting. Like he does he ever take people down a little bit when he's showing. Uh, maybe plays that weren't so great from Sunday, and he's just making fun of the players in front of everyone. Uh, no, I mean that, you're not that, in the circle, Greg. That, you don't get that answer. <laughs> that, that just comes with the territory. I mean, you, right. you play a game on Monday, you got to go watch the film and um, you know see what you did and what you need to do, what you need, what you need to do better. But I always tell them, I'm like, man, I wish you put them pads on one more time so I could. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, just, yeah. I just assume like Rabel, you know, he's a Patriots guy at heart, and I, I always assume like anybody that comes out of that building, they have a sense of humor just scrubbed out of them until there's just <laughs> no personality anymore. Mac Jones, their quarterback, was on the red carpet for honors yesterday, and our producer Erica asked him who wins the game, and and he goes, I don't want to say. <laughs> we personality is important, Derek Henry. We need more of that, don't we? Yeah, I mean, you you got to have a personality. I feel like that brings you more opportunities, you know, and people know. see like old who you really are, see, <laughs> Old Spice and things like that. But, um, you know, that, that Patriot that patriot way can sneak up on you a little bit, you know, if you've been around it for a long time. One, we, we, uh, one Old Spice question, like, do players put on deodorant before a game, or do you, wa- you want to maybe smell as bad as possible to keep, up, keep people away from you? <laughs> I know I want to smell good before a game, but some people have different st- strategies. You know what makes it so funny? Like some players take a whole shower before a game. I'm like, you finna shower to get right. stink? What is the yeah. point of that? I, I agree. Also, like, like, feel fresh. All right, I, if we're I going down this that. road, let's just go down the road because you like like Tony Saragusa tells stories about guys that like don't even go to the bathroom. They got to go to the bathroom. They just right there. They don't even go back to the locker room. Is that a thing <laughs> of the past? Or is that still right in your pants. Now? Uh, I, I really don't know. I, I don't want to know if you peed or <laughs> did it number two on yourself at all. You keep that between yourself and who, who are we playing against. Not but even Old Spice can save that. Everybody has crazy. I mean, you, you be, you'll be surprised at the crazy stories that you hear what guys do their strategy-wise as far as game days. Everybody's different. So, Derek, we've been on a journey with Titans fans this year, mm-hmm. just in general. Yeah. You know, we've appreciated the team, but there were so many injuries 
there, there was times when there was certainly doubt of like whether the Titans could keep winning. We we have a, a big time Titans fan here. He actually has a pod, podcast. He's also a producer at, at the NFL Network. Justin Graver here. What's and, up? And, and he he represents a group that I think came, come, came after a lot of national media that they weren't getting enough respect throughout the year. And I feel like the Titans fans, they almost became a little annoying. What, what is your relationship with the Titans fans? Do you think they, they come too hard at us or you, you like them having your back that much? Uh, yeah, man, they just, they, they prideful about the team and they want us to get the recognition. You know, you know, usually you, we really, we don't, I guess this is a small market, but at the end of the day, we love the underdog mentality. You know, we don't need no recognition. We just try to go out there and um, play on Sundays or whatever day, wherever other day it is, and um, let that speak for ourselves. But, you know, Titans don't really get that much recognition. Y'all know that. I mean, mm-hmm. You should, you we should were, share, Graver, the nickname that you came up with for the Titans defense with Derek Henry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. What do you think of the Tennessee Tickle Monsters as the nickname for the defensive line? <laughs> I don't think nobody on the defensive line laughing at all. <laughs> they they hungry. <laughs> Yo, you got to Justin. You got to drop that. You got. Yeah. it doesn't seem L. to resonate you, with the you, you, with the team. You got to read the room. You've done a I'm good a, job as like angry to, Titans. I'm gonna have to go back but. to Big Jeff and Bud and let them know you called me yeah. tickle monsters. Don't see that. Yeah. Bud gave it a shout out on Instagram. Big Jeff was very anti. Jeff was so mad he he nearly killed Joe Burrow in the playoffs. <laughs> I was about to say, I love Jeff. I don't know how he Jeff felt about that one. Before we let you go, Derek, I need to say I um, we love watching you play. You just turned 28. You have prime years ahead of you. Uh, you think maybe the Gravers, Titans are giving you the ball too much? I know a running back <laughs> loves the rock, yeah. but these 300 carry seasons, these 400 touch seasons, should we just dial it back so you have the juice in your mid-30s? Or are you different than everyone else anyway? Um, I mean, I had a fortune, a, a unfortunate injury this year. Um, I think it comes with the style of play, you know, and um, I feel like as, as the game goes on um, – I just get stronger and I and I get in a better rhythm, whether that's twenty two carries or twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, nine hundred. Did other running backs just like come up to you and be like, "How do you do this, man?" Because yes. there aren't really a lot of running yes. backs. There aren't any running backs. Literally in the last fifteen years, it's done anything like that. Yeah, they they, they always be they, they always say something um, about about the carries, you know, which you know. In the NFL, I mean, you, you're going to be sore. Your body's going to be banged up a little bit. But it's about the recovery process each week to get your body feeling back right so you can go out there and perform well, at a high level. You just tell them, like, I'm tougher than you. Sorry, man. Huh? You just tell them asking, like, I'm just tougher than you, I guess. I know? tell them it's all in the curls. Ooh, so okay. All, ooh. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you're happy with your representation or not. But I just want to say I don't have any experience in the agent realm. But if I was your agent, I would build in massive escalators for every game that was over 30 touches. Like, you want him to touch the ball 30 times? Million dollars in week seven. Two million in week eight. Just from there and there. What do you think? That's not too bad. There you go. Derek Henry, we'll talk business off mic. Thank you so much for joining us, and enjoy the rest of the Radio Road journey. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Thanks, I enjoyed Derek. it. There Thank we you. go. Derek Henry, give it up. Woo! Tighten up. <laughs> there he goes, Derek Henry. That got a little weird, and uh, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think sometimes you have to hit the hard-hitting questions, and he answered. I like them. I like getting weird with the you know in these interviews. It's been good. How did you did you feel a, a, a connection there? Um, not the <laughs> same way I did with Justin Herbert. That was just special. It was a special right. occurrence. I mean, I it, it was a delightful guest, and I'm glad that you know Gravedigger could 
Yeah, I thought Greg Digger comported himself well there. And you got a photo. His eye, Henry's so eyes nice. lit up when I mentioned that you had the podcast. And suddenly he was, he was much happier to be here. That yeah, I think that's where the graver. connection was. Yeah. It was yeah. between you two. So you can't, we can't be uh, greedy about the connection stuff. It's no, this I was felt your it a little bit. It was, and I appreciate you guys for Greg. Thanks for saying all that, making it known to the king who I was. I guess. Yeah. The, <laughs> Although I mean, then you had to do the. The nickname bit, and that was a yeah. tough, tough well, yeah, That was on Mark. Mark kind of teed him up on that. Yeah, I, that I, I wanted to know what a Titans player would think of. He actually you know, was. He almost had a visceral reaction. Yeah, on that. I think got, I think that should be the, the ultimate decider. I know he's not on the defensive side of the ball, but I, I agree. I think even my incredible video promoting the nickname is not enough to overcome <laughs> the king shooting no. it down on this podcast in a big spot. In a big spot. All right, let's get into. Oh yes, it's a tradition. Sandwich props. Go get my lunch. You monster. You tickle monster. What is it? Tickle monster. Tennessee tickle monster. Yeah, you, you Tennessee tickle monster. Oh, listen to that. Uh, uh, marker. Miso, misophony must be really triggered. I right do now. not like that sound. I never have. I still do not. Okay, let's work through it. We're going to each make uh, two propositions connected to Super Bowl 56. And uh, see how it all pays out. I will get us going. I have like a more traditional one here, but I, I really want to hit it again, boys, that it is tremendous that we get two potential. We got both have a long way to go, but they have Hall of Fame potential in Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase and both coming off just spectacular seasons. The star um, playmakers on each side of this game. So it's two parts. Both Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup go over 100 yards receiving. Mm. I feel very confident about it. both those guys are going to eat. But I'm gonna, I know it's a Super Bowl, so you've got to raise the stakes. One of those two men will get there by halftime. Wow. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that is, um, you know, a field full of illegally grown onions. Like they're putting HGH <laughs> into these onions. Hey, it's a Super Bowl. Um, there you go. Onions are sitting on top of the ground. Right on top of the ground. I'm putting <laughs> them on the like, ground. It is like the, the si- ground. It's like the size of the convention center because that, that's well, big. The, I, uh, you try these onions, you like them. They're real sweet onions. So I'll, I'll as, definitely take. You I wonder if that yes. farmer knows that he's part of the show. I wonder if he's with us at this point. Well, that's, he was a very was old an, man when was we old. first found yeah. that clip. Um, <laughs> Because even I might have even taken they both get over a hundred. Right, it's football, not spicy though. Football's hard. I think it's going to be a defensive game, and wouldn't surprise me if one of them has eighty-five yards in this game. You know, well, Dan is the ultimate showman, so yeah. I loved the the add on yeah. there, and I'll take you on it because it's that's how you do this. And too. I also wanted to set the bar here. This is the Super Bowl, so okay. Let's now go I big. need to think bigger. Let's go big. Uh, do you want to break? Do you want me to throw it to Mark first? No, I'll, All right, I'll go. go. Ahead, it's fine. Um, Joe Mixon just, will have at least eight carries. Let's, let's do right. <laughs> Let's do something more creative. It's more like I was doing like over unders and you know reasonable ones. Uh, how about uh, to be more creative? Jamar Chase will deliver a meaningful block in this game that oh. that people talk about. Have we moved on to Sessler Boulevard? I mean, how here? many people? A little, a little. No, I mean not like it's gonna 
make the news, you know, right. where it's, it's talking about- to a cheerleader, you know, being in the news for nefarious For instance, reasons. actually in the AFC championship game, one of their <laughs> touchdowns, Jamar Chase, it was on the P Ryan touchdown, made the key block to get him into the end zone. Now, maybe not everyone's talking about that after the game, but I would show it to you and say like Jamar Chase made the key block. He does that often. He's been known for a couple monster blocks down the field throughout the course of the season. That would have qualified for me. Uh, and I would then point it out. So it's a little tricky in terms of how you judge this. But Jamar Chase makes a memorable block in this game. That, memorable that is, block. That is cru- right, I, crucial. I am not taking you on this. It's far what? too. It's far too vague. It's like it's unprovable that it's um, swept the it nation, to, as you say. No, or whatever, it's you know. not going to sweep the nation. You it, it's all a people big, saying that, Mark. That's your yeah, stock that's, and trade. Uh, well, no, you guys. <laughs> first of all. First of all, you act like street cops when I do that, and it's like I, I don't know how to judge this. It's too it's hurting my mind. I like the concept. I will certainly theory. take you up on it because I think that I, I mean he is a very good football player. He's just not a a playmaker. But the chances that uh, he makes a big tangible impact in the game will be remembered as making a play with the ball in his hands. I would think. Right, so. right. I'm saying a block like either on a touchdown or mm-hmm. a decisive. Play. Like a block, it, could it be? They're down twenty eight seven or up twenty eight seven. He makes. Where's the block? onion guy with this one? It's not an onion. Oh, that okay. is. It is. I was trying. It is. I was trying to Jamar Chase makes a block. I was trying to crank it. Yes, because how many times do wide receivers make memorable blocks? Not too often, but he he is one of the best blocking Whoa, wide receivers. And one thing about him is like he is always. I, I love for a superstar receiver balls to the wall, a hundred miles an hour. Always the first guy celebrating. Always the first guy like running after his okay. teammates. I wish and, the best for then, you on this, yes. Greg. I, I hope. It's an yes. exciting journey for you. All right, up next. Uh, okay. Mark Sessler. I'm trying to decide what to do here. Um, I'm just going to start with this one. A non-QB will complete a massive pass in this game. That was mine. That I is talked about. I say that. Well, then, oh. we're, then we can, Sorry, we can tag team on that. How about You'll that? learn your 30s are filled with disappointment. Seriously. Yeah. I would literally just slack down and be like, oh, I got a really good one. That's it. I'm, I'm keeping mean, that nice and simple. I mean, it's and it's one that we will be talking about non, tangibly. Non QB completes a pass. A, it would be like it could be you a punter. Like, is there anything so we can so a, it's less a, like earth shaking, um, like chain moving first down, or potentially even a score? A I'm not saying it has to be one of those, but that's it's not like, going to be a three yard completion or something. It's, it's going to be like. A, not, a, a, not like a little wildcat. Hey, I like think a, we're talking about like a surprise play to some degree, a trick play to some degree. But I'm, I, I would imagine on like here. a fourth, a fourth down type thing. Well, it's a non QB completing so a pass that we think is a pivotal. Here's moment. the thing: I'll, I'll take it. I'll take you on it just because that's the way to win this game. But that's what the NFL is now. Like the offenses have changed, and trick plays aren't so tricky anymore. It's OBJ, part of certainly. it's part of the basic playbook. You at some point. These teams both have it in their playbook. They want to try. You want me to replace it with a different one? No, no. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's good at it. OBJ's good at it. It's one of the most popular props to bet on. Actually, is is non QBs either completing a pass or completing a touchdown? I'm going for mass appeals. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm not taking on uh, or trying to take out your prop. I'm I'm just saying like, if that happens, it wouldn't be one of those like. That's a Sestradamus no, it's, thing. It's, um, it's I think it's the smallest like on onion the, of the three, actually. Uh, on this, really on the sandwich? Uh, no, Greg, no, it is not. You, you, it is. A wide receiver is going to block someone? I mean, what, what are we doing here? But that, that, <laughs> is, that is, when, when is anyone talking about a wide receiver block? It, it, that is fairly rare. It's fairly rare. Uh, okay. All right, so there we go. So you, you took 
I'm taking you on that. Yeah, I'll take you up on it as well. All right, one more round. I will move. I like to talk about the halftime show. So let's let's hit the halftime show here. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, Mary J. Blige. It's the first hip-hop, the true first hip-hop halftime show. And um, I was going through the list of songs. Right, that that should be in the playlist, and it's crazy because it is, it really is hip hop, especially '90s, 2000s hip hop is the new classic rock of uh, of our generation. There's just so many memorable hits that it's going to be hard. It's a 12 minute halftime show, so what I'm going to do is I came up with like 12 songs that everyone would know as soon as they started playing. Uh, Gin and Juice, Drop It Like It's Hot, The Next Episode, The Real Slim Shady, Forgot About Dre, Lose Yourself, Humble, Family Affair, Nothing But a G Thing. Like all songs that I think would make sense. Hit that again, Ricky. But I'm going to say the opener and the closer I'm going to predict. I'm going to nail it. I like it. This is one of the most memorable, instantly recognizable musical cues in the history of hip-hop. It is still Dre off his uh, Chronic 2001 comeback album. This is how it opens. I agree. Definitely. You hear I it, agree. the place blows up as soon as you hear this, okay? So this is the opener. And then I think it closes. I think it closes with California Love. Yeah. Because I think it's it. it's one of the great um, hip hop songs ever. It's the Super Bowl, first Super Bowl in Southern California in thirty years. It's yeah. all about West Coast hip hop. Open, still Dre, close California Love. Maybe we get a little Tupac hologram action. Yeah, that's just speculation. On California Love, but we'll see. I think you nailed that. I'll, really I'll take do. you up on it. The California Love thing's tricky, of course, because no Tupac. Um, <laughs> it's tricky. I mean, I'm just saying you're playing, you're closing with the song where the key, the key member, is no longer alive. So that, that that's why I think there's that, some shenanigans afoot potentially. Right. Um, I'll take you up on it. I agree with the opener. I if I had to pick a closer, and we could do some side sandwiches sure. on this. I'm going to go all right uh, by Kendrick Lamar. No. I, I think I, I know that Kendrick Lamar closing. First of all, Kendrick Lamar is the biggest and most relevant person there. I think. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He, no, he Greg. Really just, relevant. Well, Greg likes rap, so you have to give him the benefit. I'm just of the saying of like there, four years ago, Kendrick was. But I'm saying of this crew of who's on top now. Who's the who's the king? Yeah, the now. most recent big hit with Humble. Well, Eminem's and trying to come back. I mean, come on. Uh, let's, these are legacy acts. We these are to, legacy acts. He's not a legacy act. He's the guy. Being, my, you know. my point is that was like the anthem of the black protests from two years ago. Yeah. It's the most meaningful song maybe from any of their catalogs. It's also instantly recognizable and gets everyone singing. And I think it goes um, with everything that's been happening in this country and, and what they might want to leave you with. So I'm going all right. All right Football Kendrick is Lamar. family, though. Everyone all together. Family affair might close it, too. With that could be everybody with like fun. a medley. They would never. I think they're they're not Football is family is no longer They're not closing uh, accurate, with Mary. So. We're getting the head shake. And, and he's not into Aaron. my points. I like, not I like my the, points. The, I think... There absolutely Aaron's could be a, a social justice component to the show. I'd be surprised if there wasn't. Um, however, to make it the closer, I think they want to close with a, a, a smash. Good. Like even like, listen, I don't think Eminem would close the show. I think Dre's closing it. But like, lose yourself. That could be like a song that they close. That's like a, become a sports anthem in its own right. It's very can't wait. We're gonna. Will find there out. be a surprise performer? 
sure. Well, I, I, either yeah, Tupac's definitely. still alive or Tupac <laughs> well, hologram is my. Prediction. I mean, Warren G came out and did regulate at the playoff game, right? And yeah, I, but he's more I, like a wild card. I appreciated guy. that. Uh, Montel Jordan G was there too. He was great. He was great. I will take you um, minus commentary. Okay. Um, you're more in the Chris Russo vein. You have nothing to say. Just no, I just yes. I see the um, we have the fantasy show trailing us, and they're yeah. starting to get. We're um, now their, like their faces are starting to grow red, so I don't okay. need to add a. We're now on at the Damashek part of our career where we were like, "Well, Damashek, get off the stage! It's our time now!" Like he's going forty minutes late. Yeah, that's all right. Weird. Greg uh, took ecstasy before this episode. All right, here we convinced. go. Um, one more for each of you boys. See, I had another Markish type one, which was like the noise will create. Uh, a key offensive penalty because I think noise will be a bigger factor. But I like I don't, that. I don't want to go with that as a sandwich. I'm going to go no, Joe Burrow is, is sacked less than three times. So two or less. Ah, I love it. I'm taking you on. Two or Good under. One. Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half is the number. So it has to be under that. Oh, yeah. I think Donald will have two himself. So, so I'm, I'm giving some love to the Bengals. California. Game planning and Joe Burrow. It's a good one. I'll definitely take you on Okay. That. It's a good yeah. one, though. Yeah. That's that a lot of faith that. in Joey B. I really recovered from the block that you guys didn't make. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. I think it was good. I think it was when it I happens, think, Greg, you know what? be great. You're going to have justice because I think it's going to occur. I mean, that was no, it's, I, I think it's going to occur in the game, and no, you're going to you be proven Now, you're right. misunderstanding me then because it, it probably would have only occurred <laughs> – Three times in this season, that, that like twice. Maybe. I'm trying to tell you that right, I think you're, you're I, like this is an this, impossible. This, and the one you were just about to go through is like the crowd noise that the Super Bowl is going to cause a false start. It's like, all right, we're back on track. That's a compliment to you, buddy, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I want to take you back to a date and time, February seventh, two thousand ten, the Saints Colts Super Bowl. Remember how they came out of after the halftime show? 40-minute-long halftime scenario. Onside kick. Onside kick. I was there. Sean Payton, who we just saw walk by us, all week long before the game said, we're calling it ambush, and we're going to do it. If the situation's right, we're going to do it. I'm telling you right now, the second, whoever kicks off in the second half <laughs> is going onside's kick. Ambush the sequel. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I mean, I'll definitely take you on ambush Put it the in sequel. the books. It'd be funny that if they named it after. Um, I'm calling it a, that a play from the Saints sure. when they have no connection. That's to them my name whatsoever. for it, but it's it is a sequel to that. All right, I'll take a, on a that. terrible special teams um, group uh, with the Rams. Definitely their weakest uh, part of their game uh, and their team all year long. So maybe the Bengals take advantage of that and catch them by sure. surprise. I like that. All right, there you go. Those are the sandwich props for Super Bowl. Make sure you check out. Go get my lunch. Do you have one, Rick? I was going to do the um, pass, but then I was also thinking that with the Acres news and everything, that Sony Michelle will score a touchdown. Oh, that's good. I like that because Henderson's also playing in this game. Right. It's definitely some onions there, but I like that. I think they would trust him. I'll, I'll take you up on it just for the spirit of the game. Though. Okay. All right. Cool. No, I like it. Before we get to the all-important locks. You guys got to decide whether you're taking her. Probably. I will take it. I mean, I think it's a Sony Michelle. nice nice operation touchdown. there. Sony okay. Michelle, what is it? Touchdown. touchdown. I'm not going to take you on it. <laughs> really? Uh, what the f***? Uh, yeah. <laughs> not taking you on it. I don't know why. I just, I just, just don't want to take you on f- it. You got a feeling in the onions about it. Yeah, deep in the onions. All right, before we <laughs> uh, get to the all-important uh, lock and game picks, uh, another, uh, a special guest here, especially for our international listeners. We know you're out there loud and proud. Jordan Mailata, one of the great success stories of uh, – the International Pathway Program for the NFL sat down on the couch with us. Very large man, star for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, here's that conversation. 
All right. Very excited to have this man with us. He is Jordan Mailata. He is a star tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles, but with a different type of journey. You know, Jordan, first of all, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Everyone talks about, on and on, about Tom Brady, 199th overall pick in 2000. You went 233 in 2018, and now you are a star offensive lineman in the NFL. Ooh. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and you've had a better done already. I would say you've had a better career. Than nah, Tom Brady. Man. no. Yeah, Tom Brady's the goat, man. Got to pay homage <laughs> to the goat. But it's if, if people are not aware, this is one of the great success stories um, for uh, when you look at the league from an international perspective. Uh, Jordan is Australian. He came to the league via the International Player Pathway Program, which our man, handsome Hank Henry Hodgson, is a major figure. Uh, with that, and you went from playing rugby yep. in Australia and not even playing a down of American football to four years later signing a massive extension with the Eagles. How did you do it? How did you manage this the way you have? Uh, man, it was, a, it was a long journey. It was a long journey. It wasn't easy. Um, but with Handsome Hank's help, finding me in, uh, in Australia. Do you call him Handsome Hank, too? I, I'm, I'm going to now. I have no choice to now. I didn't know that was his nickname, I mean, handsome it fits. Hank. He is handsome. It is. It is. He, it is. You were saying, yeah, he looks like he's Hollywood. Yeah, people don't know. Henry actually spends the entire offseason walking up and down the streets in mm. various countries, and he just saw you in Australia, and he <laughs> was the one that, that really that's, discovered you. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> but that's how, funny. Did, how does it happen? Because... I don't think any of us sitting here could can speak with um, real knowledge of the Australian, uh, the rugby. But how did you learn? We hear all the time about offensive mm-hmm. line. It's a tactician's game. You have to know how yeah. to use your hands, how to use leverage, how to how to play this play the position. How did you pick it up so quickly? Was there a connection to the previous sport that you excelled in? Um, now that you can't really translate anything over from rugby. I think it's just a whole different skill set, two different sports. Um, I think the one thing I did carry over from rugby was probably my my uh, aggression. Okay, um, makes sense. Yeah, but that that came after I learned how to play. I, I like to think that I had some sort of IQ before I came to the sport. <laughs> sure. In order to learn the sport, yep. you know, like you just said, as a tactician's right. position. It wasn't you weren't a caveman rolling into exactly. America. Like, exactly. Although Teach when me. you just said the word aggression, Mark actually like started to lean back because like, you guys are next to each other. It's quite a picture. I I personally, I mean just. You you could destroy it. Where are we going, Greg? No, Where are we going that's, with all, this? that's all. <laughs> no, you know, I just I just like to think that I, I had some sort of street smart and book smarts, you know, to allow me to, to learn you the had game. To. It had to be the intellectual element of yeah. it had to be huge to kind of getting ramped up. Yeah. I think the more repetitions I got, you know, reading over the plays, um, and then going out on the field just learning the technique. It's, it's kind of just excelled my learning, and that's really some, how I liked learning. Was just I was just doing it physically. I physically. saw that you taught like the playbook. You said was just like picking up a completely foreign language. I mean, I, what an yeah. NFL playbook is dense. It's thick. It's um, involved. Like yeah. how how do you even begin to pick that up coming in as an adult versus starting you know youth football? Yeah, it's basically like a dictionary. Dictionary in the thesaurus. So all in one. Yeah, all in one. It's mm. like. When I first saw the playbook and they opened the the binder folder, or is it a binder folder? The, the I don't know. I think the Eagles had like a little yeah. folder, and when I saw how thick it was, I was 
I was like, come on, this is a joke. This is, come on, man. Like, I think this is not some university. Like, I didn't go to college, guys. Come on, man. I can't read. No. What does rugby, yeah, what does rugby have? Is there like something similar, like playbooks or like how does it work? Oh, yeah, but it's probably like three pages. Right. That's what <laughs> it's probably like three pages just showing where the backs are, just so you line up and show which hole you want to hit. What were those first days like in Philadelphia? You're suddenly on a team with you know future hall of famer like jason peters you're going up against some of the best pass rushers and defensive ends in practice like when you're actually starting to play football and there you are like here's this guy uh you know who hasn't played basically ever and you're going up against the the best in the game yeah i think my first couple days there i had uh jason kelsey and lane johnson hit me up just letting me know that i'm going to be in safe hands and then JP, I uh, saw him in the locker, introduced myself. He's like, I know who you are. Like, you know, you're the kid that we just drafted from Australia. I was like, yeah, cool. That's cool. It's a cool environment to get into until the, until the ball started rolling. We actually went on field. And just being able to see the vets do their thing, I still had no idea what the hell they were doing because I was right. like, what is that technique? <laughs> so I still had to you know, learn on the, on the roll and learn on the ball. So it was, I was just thankful that I had those you know, veteran leadership in the room. And that you would be, to use a football parlance here, a project. I mean, you you have the size, obviously, the strength and the intangibles. Uh, but I, I don't imagine they thought it would come together as quickly as it did. Do you, follow, do you follow PFF, by the way, the Pro Football Focus, the grades they do in the trenches? No, not really. You were graded as the third highest graded tackle in the in your second season in the league. You jumped up. In the, and again, that's these are all arbitrary rankings. But it's more to illustrate the point that... You, your star has ascended year after year. So it's just like, what are you, 24 now, right? Yes, sir. So it's staying. I imagine the Eagles are pinching themselves, and they're as much as you were happy with that contract, they're probably saying, damn, we're happy we locked him up because he's just getting warmed up and he's already this good. I, I don't know what they think. They probably are. I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> I don't know um, if that was a I question. I was just, I, no, I really don't know. Your journey. Like, it's wild. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just been a crazy journey, man. Like I think I wouldn't have gotten here, you know, with the people in my corner. My girlfriend supports me so much uh, off the field. Girlfriend um, from rugby days? No, no, I met her at, uh, probably like three weeks when I was at Philly. Oh, she was wow. Philly girl. Okay. She's not. She's not from Philly. Oh, all right. Yeah, she's an Anchorage girl. She's from Alaska. Mm. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I don't think I've ever met an Anchorage girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never. I didn't even know Anchorage was a place. Are they into elk? What is like? What is an, what's, what's an Anchorage girl like? I've into elk. Yes. Honestly, she does. She's like brought up animals before. I'm just like, there's no way you guys eat that. Like, that's some movie stuff. Come on now. This ain't the Revenant. Come on. Come on. This ain't the Revenant. Exactly. Revenant is a movie. Yeah. Speaking but, of food, have you eaten meals bigger than Greg? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking calories or are we just saying like plates? Where, which restaurant calories. are we? Like how, how many of me do you think you could bench press, I suppose? Like, how many? I'm going to say, I'm going to say three. Okay. That's yeah, it? That sounds about Can you right. bench press Greg right now three times? No, please, I don't want to do this. No. Probably couldn't. Can you put we your hand? Bench I'm not that strong. Can you put your hand <laughs> next to Mark's? Like, just put it up to his. Oh, but you said his face. That's crazy. Okay. It's a large man. Wait, I want to hear more about Henry. I know that sounds weird, but I, okay. you're like about the international. Because we, who knows if, when we're going to get to talk to you again. Henry's one of our great friends. Sounds like he's one of your great friends, a too. A real class act. Like, what, what, what was that like? Um, the process of getting to know the NFL and the international player pathway and, and what Henry, like what's that, what's that relationship been? It's been an awesome relationship. Um, more, I, I think the word 
it's kind of like home, like a home feeling. Mm. You know, you come here, foreign land, hear American accents, and then you hear a British accent, and you're like, oh, that's it's close it's to close, home for yeah. me. So, and then meeting Henry, the type of guy that he is, he just cares so much for the program and the players in it. You know, he doesn't care that you're a player, he cares that you're a good person first, and that's one thing for me that resonates with me as, as my character. Like, I don't give... I don't give a who you are. Right. As long as you're a good person, you have good morals, that's all I care about. He did warn us you swore a lot in front of his son. Oh, uh, man, come on, man. Damn. So that was the first, <laughs> that was the first one you dropped. But that's good. Plus, plus, like, he's a, he's a handsome guy. The, the eyes they bring you in. Right, well, Greg, right. calm down. What, down Greg is, what, son, what did um, Greg ingest before this interview? Them eyes. Yeah, exactly. Before, before we uh, say goodbye, because we know you're a busy man, um, now that you are established as a star offensive lineman in the NFL and you've been around the Eagles for sev- several years, and you, you're obviously a very affable, uh, nice guy, but also an imposing presence, at what point do other Eagles players know, don't try to do an Australian accent, don't you dare make fun of the way I talk, I will eat you? <laughs> Keep your eye hearted off the field, man. You know they they can do all that stuff. Lane does it all the time. Lane <laughs> oh, does it all the time. It doesn't, doesn't bother Henry me. Henry hates it. Henry hates at the office when people talk in a, a faux British accent. But you're much more, I guess, Hello, I'm back. Henry Hodgson. <laughs> oh, wow. Like that. Oh, my God. If I close my eyes. <laughs> you can hear, right? Oh, my God. If I close my eyes, I can hear him. Let's go have some fish and chips, Okay, please. nah, you lost me. Okay. You lost uh, me. Uh, you're there. You lost you're me. So you were there. Nice. All right. You were there. Um, anyway, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. We, have, we are so blessed to have a, a thriving international audience ourselves, like in Australia, yeah. awesome. England. All, we met some people from Brazil today and took a, a photo, and they were big fans. Like, it's, it's one of the great uh, honors for us, and uh, so we're connected to you because we want to see the International Pathway program continue to thrive, and you're like the shining sun of the program, so <laughs> no pressure, but keep going to you know the Pro Bowl and getting high PFF grades. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Jordan Mailata, everybody. Thanks, guys. Woo! Thanks for having me. Mailata! Snap, snap, snap. He only used foul language two Twice. times. Not bad, not bad. That was great. Nice man, that Mailata. That's another scenario where in about an hour they're going to put these photos out of us standing next to him, you know, in a group shot. And Greg and I look like um, toddlers in adult clothing next to this man. So it's you know. Well, you can't rewarding. feel bad. You can't feel bad about that because he is six eight three seventy or something. He's like one of the biggest NFL players, not just regular. I mean, yeah, it yeah. sits with me. I don't I, like being my height necessarily. I don't so. feel that at all in the NFL scenario. Um, you know, when we see NFL players, I feel it every day when I'm walking home. Uh, with my kids from school, and I passed the middle school, and there's many young uh, men and women that's who are one. bigger than me, and that's when I feel that's a bad beat. That's problematic. Yeah, that's a bad beat. Like high eleven year old girl, and, and you know, waving up to her. Bad beat. Well, as Erica <laughs> mentioned, women How tall develop. Is this girl? Women develop there are, there are sooner some. than men. There, I, yeah. there are, well, I guess they're not like eleven. They're more like twelve, thirteen. Grade but yeah, the, there they are get a big. few. Yeah, they there get are big. a few. Those girls get big. Trust me, I walk by them every day. I had a sixth grade girlfriend who was like legit. Like thirteen inches taller than me at that time. No, not not. 13, it wouldn't have been later in 13. life, but I was like four feet. Were you tall. the one that was just worried about the fantasy guys? Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's go. That is a nice. I would like to see a photo of that. Thirteen inches. <laughs> he was three eleven, and she was five. No, to Erica's, to Erica's point, they develop quicker. Those girls. All right, now it's getting weird. I don't even. The what? word "develop." I don't well, know if just, we need yeah. it. 
Okay. It's time to lock it up. It's, and <laughs> everyone knows, if you follow this podcast, that there's something. There's some serious drama afoot. I had a nice cushion uh, exiting the regular season in our locks competition. And it just got whittled away because I tried to... I tried to get behind the favorites as I think is a smart play when you have a lead and try to just run out the clock essentially. But I got burned because this was the year, this was the year of the underdog. Four seed versus four seed, and I, I picked the wrong horses. I picked Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round. I then picked Patrick Mahomes in the championship round, and somehow both those guys blew it. So it is now a tie between Mark and I. And mm. We should get you should get maybe the opening. I'm the opening act here out of the way first. Yes, really I think uh, it's time now. And I did say, uh, and again, and this is just a showing of character for me. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to just go into a lock with Mark necessarily and ride it to a tie. I, I'm not interested in that. If if I'm going to go down 28-3 Falcon style, I'll do it. I'll do it, and I'll take my I'll take the medicine. Okay. Uh, you know, on the other side of the dime, listen, if I could somehow escape with the title and my first solo trophy uh, after a near meltdown, a la the Rams, mm. I'll, that will feel all the more rewarding. But, yes, let's start with the appetizer, the, the shrimp cocktail. The, uh, <laughs> hey, I've had a good playoff run here for the most part. Had that, those Rams in the first round. Uh, that trophy, by the way, is sitting on your desk. I brought it in, and I, I tried to put it in a neutral ground, and Mark um, encouraged me to put it on your desk this as mental like, warfare. This, and I said, all right, well, I so guess Dan, I we, we have these glass yes. cubicles. He attempted to rest it. On the edge, I of tried to glass put it in, in between. An angle. Yeah, I, just thought I tried was, to put it in between. It's like in the like '86 like, uh, World Series where the Red Sox had already tarped up their lockers to celebrate with champagne. That's what this feels like. <laughs> Uh, I don't like it. Yeah, I I do like uh, how I felt this week and how I felt since the Bengals won that divisional round game is when I started to believe. And I am taking uh, the Bengals to win this game. I think it's going to be more of a defensive game uh, than people expect. I like the under. I have it 23 to 21 Bengals with McPherson hitting the kick at the end. And and I do believe it, not just because of what I just said about what they've done the last five or six weeks against really – uh, good opponents, and not just because there's something more afoot uh, with the Wesleyan brothers and and everything. I, I think that they will play this game like another game, that they they will play this game loose, uh, and that they it, football isn't about like who has the best resume, who did this, who did that. It's how you play in that one game, that one performance. And I worry about Sean McVay a little bit, having some game management situations that Rams fans remember forever. And I just believe in this team. I'm not just doing this with my heart, although it's certainly with my heart. I truly believe this game is going to end and we're going to go find those Wesleyan brothers in whatever section they're in. And we're going to give them a great big hug. And that's how this season ends. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. All right. Speaking of the Wesling brothers. You know, Aaron Rodgers received a regular season MVP. I guess Joe Burrow will just have to settle for the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> and I'm locking it up. Nick here. You three podcast bozos have been talking trash about the Wesling brothers all year long. <laughs> saying we're at each other's throat we can't agree on anything 
Well, guess what? We're all in unison this week. The Bengals win the Super Bowl. Lock it up. The Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. And I'm going to lock it up! <laughs> wow, that was awesome. I, and I love that Tim Good job, Ricky. definitely had a few drinks before he, he cut I think his... there was a dog in the background <laughs> no, it was at one ideal. point. <laughs> All right, as I said, Mark, I am, uh, due to my collapse in the playoffs, I am letting fate do to me what it will. So I will be glocking up against you, and I give you right of first choice here. All right, and I'm not going to go where logic would take me here because I think that would guide me towards the Rams. Um, I'm going to lock up the Bengals. I, I, I see in my mind a 19-16 to 16 win in overtime, and I think this is the beginning of Joe Burrow being in our life for the next 17, 18 years as one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. It, rem- it gives me kind of like Tom Brady, um, Patriots, Rams vibes, where it's the, the clear underdog, but they just don't know what they don't know. And I, I, I worry about the Rams getting a little tight, a little tight butt in the second half. If, uh, if Sean McVay, you know, things aren't going well, it just seems like they're susceptible to that, where the Bengals are riding this dream wave, and I am taking Cincinnati to take this game in the Super Bowl title. You're going to lock it up? I am locking it up. All right. And I think this is the way it should have played out because it, maybe there would be a little bit – it would feel a little weird if I didn't believe what I was about to say. But I, I am going to pick the Rams. I, I love the Bengals' story. I'm going to lock up those Rams. Uh, I love, the obviously, the Wesling brother component to it. Um, but you know what? Talking to Lakeisha last week, and this, this gave me some peace of mind as well, and I asked her, what do you want, how do you want Sunday to play out? She says, I don't care. No matter what happens, just the two teams getting here, the fact that we had this amazing run, the fact that it led to Chris's brothers being in town for the game, which is such a beautiful thing, um, it's okay with her, whoever wins. And I, I got a feeling, you can never know, I think Wes is cool with that too. I, I, Chris, I know he would love his brothers to be happy, but his wife being happy if the Rams win the Super Bowl. Link is not old enough to really pick a side at this point. So I feel like I'm in the clear and just saying I think the Rams have a better roster. I think they are battle-tested. I think, yes, they've gotten tight butts, but remember what happened in Tampa Bay when the world was caving in 27-3. They found a way to stay alive and take that game. I don't like the idea of McFearless being involved in a a close game, Mm. so I'm going to say it won't be that situation. I think it's going to be a four-point game. They'll need to get a stop, and Aaron Donald, like he did in the NFC title game, is going to make sure it happens. 31-27, Rams get that Super Bowl mm. in their building. Lock wow. it up. I'm going to channel what I believe Nick Wesseling would say in this situation, which is thank you. You know, you've picked against the Bengals right? for three straight weeks. Why change the mojo? It's true. Keep the stank on their opponent. and uh, that, Absolutely. That, that, could be, that could be how it played out. But like I said, I have, uh, I have failed throughout the offseason, the postseason, Let's see if things change. I don't know, but I'm at peace with it either way. If I lose and collapse and the Bengals are one of the great stories of all time, hey, that's all right. That's all right, too. I will be pissed. It is the greatest thing that has happened to our show this entire time that we've gone through this really rough year plus after losing West that the Bengals, who were 2-14 in a lost cause, 
just a couple seasons ago or here. And so I just, I don't know. Life is very strange. Right. It is. Rick, Ricky it is. is here crying. I feel for you, Ricky. There's yep. a lot of it's emotions. Just, it's going to be funny because it's West of us. And I, I, if the Bengals lose, I can picture West laughing his ass off. Right. Right. We still <laughs> don't know what just, he thinks about this. Just <laughs> and we're a year removed from the worst show in our podcast history. That, oh that was our Super Bowl show. And now we're a couple days about doing uh, a very different uh, post-Super Bowl show, but still still strange, still feeling every emotion possible that his brothers will be there, uh, that he won't be. But we're going we're gonna to find joy in it. I know it'll be a really Absolutely. special, well said. special yeah. Sunday. We tried to celebrate Wes one year ago at the Super Bowl in the most tragic of circumstances. Just two days after he passed away, uh, now we get to celebrate him uh, again uh, after this Super Bowl uh, and uh, look forward to it. So thank you to everybody for following our shows uh, all week and uh, check out our Around the NFL broadcast Super Bowl preview uh, on Saturday on NFL Network. Check your local listings. And then, of course, yes, Sunday night, the flagship program. We recap everything uh, from the big game. Thank you to everybody. Uh, thanks to our guests today and our guests all week. And until Sunday night, when Super Bowl 56 is decided and there is a champion and there's a trophy being hoisted both at SoFi and inside our building, (laughs) heed the call!